Are you going to start off with you versus Tommy? No. Yeah, because uh, that's first on my app. I'm going to yeah. go upside. I'm going to go upside down. Assholes. Uh, I love it. That's my favorite part of the whole podcast. Yeah. I love it. Two on one, a fantasy football podcast with your host, Steven Bautista. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Two on One, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Week four NFL action did not disappoint, providing us with some exciting matchups. There was three overtime games this week, and luckily for all of us, they ended with a victor. I would be remiss if I didn't start this week talking about our beloved Oakland Raiders, Derek Carr led a fourth-quarter comeback and was able to guide the Raiders to an exciting overtime victory over Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Frank Wright, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, made a gutsy call in overtime on a fourth and four on his own 43-yard line. Unfortunately for the Colts, he did not convert, essentially giving the Texans the win. There was also an arena football game this week in Hotlanta, where the Falcons and the Bengals combined for 73 points in regulation. The Red Rifle led the Bengals to an impressive away victory. This is the second week in a row the Falcons lose a heartbreaking home shootout. They are 1-3 and three and last in the NFC South. Lastly, we had some key injuries this week. Leonard Fournette was not able to continue the game against the Jets because of the nagging hamstring injury that's been bothering him all season. It's been reported now that he'll be possibly out for two to three weeks. The Derrick Rose of the NFL, Tyler Eifert, had a gruesome ankle injury that ended his season. But the highlight of the injuries this week was Earl Thomas breaking his leg in the game against the Cardinals and giving the Seattle bench the middle finger salute as he was carted off. Dominic, give our audience some context on why Earl Thomas decided to give Seattle that send-off. Well, Earl Thomas did the anti-Le'Veon Bell. He showed up and he wanted to ball out even though he wasn't happy with his contract. And then sure enough, Le'Veon Bell's fear of being hurt, that happened to Earl Thomas. And so I'm sure he had a lot of emotions. I don't know if it was at the coaches. Some of the players came over, gave him daps. He was cool with them. But uh, it was definitely a picture worth a thousand words, and you just got to feel bad for Earl Thomas. He's got to be pissed at the coaching staff, the front office. I mean, that's why players hold out. That's why players in the NFL try to get theirs when they can, as much as they can, because their future is is uncertain. They have no idea when they're going to get cut, when they're going to get hurt. And Earl Thomas, you know, was pissed, frankly. So I, I, I could see why he did it. Do I agree with him doing it? I mean, it's probably going to look really bad and you know, to his organization, And but I see where he's coming from. I just think that these things are kind of like timing. For instance, like Earl Thomas being not the highest paid safety right now. He was the sixth highest paid safety. But, you know, that's, that's the way the NFL works. You know, one contract leads to another. For instance, Donald was able to get his contract and then Mac gets his and now Donald's not the highest paid. So it's kind of just timing with these guys. And if they're going to hold out every single time, for a contract, it's going to be, I think this is a new NFL, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's definitely about money, you know, and I think it's been more about money the last 10 years than it's ever been. Um, You're starting to see contracts go uh, up and up, you know, I'm also seeing guaranteed money go up and up. You know, that's a big difference in the contracts that are getting signed lately is the amount of guaranteed money is more than it's ever been because these guys know their future is totally uncertain. And that's why a lot of them end up broke, you know, in like a couple of years outside the, out of the league. 
All right, guys, let's get into some NFL quick hits. Dominic, why don't you start us off? NFL quick hits. Yeah, this week I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to do some interesting uh, NFL facts through week four. Uh, my first interesting fact for week four is Watson, Deshaun Watson for the Texans is on pace for si- to be sacked 68 times this year. That's a wow. pretty crazy statistic. Is, is wow. that more? Is that more than David Carr? Yes. Hey, David's wow. like in the 50s, wasn't he? Yep. And the, wow. I mean, he actually got, it's just on pace, but he actually got sacked 50-something times. But <laughs> Same team. Uh, my, I mean, maybe yep. bad luck. Yep. My second statistic is uh, Gronk and Julian Edelman have not played on the same field since November 26, 2016. We'll go right back to the Texans. I think you guys all saw Kiki Kate, the wide receiver of the Houston Texans, when um, Will Fuller went down with a hamstring injury. He got 15 targets, 11 receptions, and 109 yards. But the interesting thing is his co-offensive coordinator is named Wes Welker, not the player, but he was also a Texas Tech alumni, and he worked out Cote privately. So that's got to be a good feeling for Cote, having your offensive coordinator be your Texas Tech alumni. That's where he went to school. And then also getting you His name's Wes Welker? Yep. (laughs) And it's not the same Wes Welker. Did Wes Welker get it? It's a different Wes Welker. It, it might be Wes Walker, actually. I, I, uh, <laughs> it might actually be Wes Walker. I did uh, do that much research. Out of check? Yeah. <laughs> but now, that. now that I'm do thinking about it, I, I got Wes Walker. I'm not going to lie. I got Wes Walker confused with uh, Julian Edelman. They're all the same white, white receivers for me. But anyway, <laughs> next. <laughs> next uh, which, I hope it's Wes Walker. I hope it's the real Wes Walker. It is. It is the real Wes Walker. I'm pretty sure it is now. All right. My next stat. In 10 career games at Minnesota, Alshon Jeffrey has 10 TDs. So, to me, that sounds like uh, if you have Alshon Jeffrey, you need to start him this week against Minnesota. What do you think, Tommy? Ooh, that kind of sounds like a free nugget. Free nuggets. My last stat, since last year, Julio Jones, 97 red zone targets, zero TDs. Calvin Ridley this year, 19 red zone targets, five TDs. What do you think about that, Tommy? Is it because Julio's getting double teamed or... Is Calvin really the the real deal in the red zone? I just think for whatever reason, Matt Ryan doesn't like to throw the ball to Julio Jones in the red zone. It's gone on for almost two years now, it seems, and it's not getting any better. The talk in the offseason was, is Julio Jones actually going to get some red zone targets? Is he actually going to score touchdowns? Because the guy is a reception monster and puts up a ton of yards, but lacks TDs for whatever reason. The guy is ginormous, but yeah, they're giving it to little Calvin Ridley, who's just running these great routes and getting open. I don't know. Maybe Matt Ryan just doesn't like him or it doesn't trust him as much as he's already trusting Calvin Ridley. You know, so my quick hits for this week, in the first four weeks, we have broken a ton of records as far as points scored. We have 3,030 points scored already in the first four weeks of the season. These numbers are provided by Adam Schefter from, uh, from Twitter. Uh, you know, I want to give him, give him props where it's due, but we also have the most touchdowns through four weeks at 344 touchdowns with 288 of those coming from passing touchdowns. So, you know, we're just, we're off to this hot, crazy hot start as the season, but we still have a couple of players that are just finding their groove or taking a slow start, you know, such as like Aaron Rodgers. David Johnson and OBJ, you know, they really haven't put up anything big yet. You know, so all those numbers are without some guys that are put, that usually put up huge numbers. Steve, do you think this trend continues throughout the rest of the season? I mean, I don't know. You would think, I know that's what the NFL wants. 
the NFL wants points because points uh, equals uh, viewership, and that's what fans want. Fans want points. Fans want to see those track meets like the Falcons and the Bengals, you know. Um, so I definitely think it's it's going that way, and I think all the rules that they're implementing now are to help the offense. And I feel bad for defensive players, man. I really do. I mean, I think defense is going to be pretty extinct here pretty soon because, I mean, these scores are unbelievable. Is it, I mean, is it true, Tommy, that um, Mahomes has 144 of those 288 touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> he probably has a quarter of them. All right, guys, now it's time to get a little weird with everyone's favorite clairvoyant, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. All right, guys, let's recap week four predictions by Nostradamus. First one was Baltimore versus Pittsburgh is the game of the week, and Lamar Jackson gets significant playing time. That was incorrect. It was not the game of the week, and Lamar Jackson only had four rushes for 17 yards. So not very good on that one. Uh, Brady, his second one was uh, Brady throws a TD to Josh Gordon, and New England beats Miami. I think everybody knew New England was going to beat Miami, so I don't count that as a prediction. And Josh Gordon did not catch the touchdown, so wrong on that one again. He was correct, though, in saying that Gurley alone outscores both Fosper's running backs, Powell and Henry. Gurley had 25 points, and Powell and Henry combined for only 12. And the last one he had, he was close. Jimmy Graham scores two touchdowns. Um, unfortunately, Jimmy Graham only scored one touchdown and had three receptions for 21 yards. So one out of four, Dom. What you got for us this week? Hopefully it's better this week. Yeah, hopefully I can make a comeback and get three out of four, four out of four. So my first one, I got the Chiefs and the Jags game. Again, I think this is going to be a great game, but the defense of the Jags versus the Chiefs is too much. It slows Mahomes down enough, and the Jags win 21-17. I'm giving you a score, and I'm giving you a winner. Ooh. So John's probably John's probably going to take that to Bravado and do something with it. <laughs> and again, for the second week in a row, I believe Mahomes is the truth after his uh, performance against Denver, that comeback, but I think he throws his first pick this week. I think uh, Ramsey's or somebody gets him. My uh, next prediction, it's not really too crazy out there since the recap we already had, but falcon Steeler game goes over 70 points scored. There's something else you can throw in your parlay, John. And with two touch, the, the, my crazy part though is with two touchdowns going to tight ends, which a lot of people are going to be unhappy about because not a lot of people have those in fantasy. My next prediction, Drew Brees breaks the total passing yards record, beating Manny. He needs 201 yards and he does that in the first half of the game. Ooh. And, uh, the other part of that is, a lot of them goes to Thomas, and Tommy pulls up an upset, giving Steve his first loss. Yes. Oh, that's so I like that one. That's my favorite. Up, bro. Hey, hey, quick question, Dom. Um, if John does a parlay for 328, <laughs> what's, the pay- what's the payout if he hits all three of those winners? Uh, $9.77. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Which is big money for John. Huge. And then I got one last one. Vince could not start a defense or a kicker this week, and he'll still be Art's team. So whatever his highest score player, his kicker, or his defense, you take that minus, he'll still beat Vince's team. I mean, sorry, Art's team. Yeah, I could see that one. All right. Thanks, Doms, for the insight into the future. Uh, but you better start nailing these, man. We're going to start calling you Nostradamus. <laughs> not cheesy, but... All right, guys, let's move on and uh, go into some uh, fantasy football talk. All right, guys, this week, uh, let's start with some fantasy studs. Decided to choose some guys are kind of under the radar, not really. Obviously not going with like the Camaro types. So this week I have uh, Corey Davis 
caught 9 of 15 targets for 161 yards and a touchdown. Also had Jared Cook, 8 of 13 targets for 110 yards and two touchdowns. And lastly, the most impressive to me was Mitch Trubisky. He completed 19 of 26 passes for 354 yards and six touchdowns. Tommy, you think Trubisky can duplicate a performance like that, or are we going to chalk it up to the Bucks just being really that bad? Well, I hope he can duplicate that performance with a slight tweak that he throws one of those damn touchdowns to Jordan Howard so I can score some damn points with Jordan Howard because everybody scored touchdowns for the Bears this week except for Jordan Howard. So, yeah, I would love to see Mitch keep it rolling, keep throwing it. I think he has the skills, he has the talent to keep doing it. And then in Nagy's offense, uh, I think it's a good fit. So, yeah, I think he can keep doing it. I don't think it was just the Bucks' poor defense. I mean, that was part of it, but they still executed. And they had a couple of plays where, like, that one to Trey Burton, he was wide open, no one around him, you know, so just being the coverage, putting up good plays, that's going to win. And and like I said, if if you can give some to Jordan Howard, I, I would love that. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I have one extra fantasy stud I'd like to point out. Cooper Douglas Cup is his middle name. He had 11 targets, nine receptions, 162 yards, and two reception TDs. I think Matt said it best uh, on the chat board. He's the next Ed McCaffrey, uh, one of my favorite white receivers of all times. Barely wore any shoulder pads. But if you're a fan of fantasy football, you got to love this kid. Coming out of Eastern Washington, a 1AA school, he set all, broke all Jerry Rice's uh, 1AA records in receptions, started all four years there, and, and it's good to see him getting his uh, coming up. I think he's more like a Wes Walker. Ed McCaffrey was more of a, of a wide receiver on the outside, but he's got that little shifty slot, man. He is so good, man. Very talented. His middle name's Douglas? Yep. It's not white chocolate? <laughs> I think that's I saw his, it on his birth certificate. That's his uh, porn name, I think. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite things about Cooper Cup is seeing when they had the Rams on All or Nothing. I don't know if you guys remember that, but they yep. showed what they were drafting Cooper Cup and – they were stoked to be getting Cooper Cup, I think, in the third or fourth round or something that they, you know, they had the biggest sale of the draft and it's starting to show why they were so excited about him. I mean, this guy is legit. I definitely agree. Tommy, who are some of your studs this week? Well, I had Corey Davis on my list also. Unreal getting that touchdown at the very end, you know, in overtime to to win the game, especially coming from Marcus Mariota, who, like you said last week, Steve, is pretty much throwing on a broken hand. I think that's just showing that Hawaiian spirit for you. But one other guy I had on my list for a stud this week was Ezekiel Elliott. Steve, you said you weren't, you know, going to mention guys like Kamara and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and I think Zeke is in that class. But so far, he hasn't really done anything that crazy. You know, he, I think the first two, first three weeks, um, his highest point total, I think, I believe was 16 points. And then he throws up 33 points this week, rushing for 152 yards, catching four passes for 88 yards and touchdown. And I'm not shocked about the rushing yards because I, he can do that. He's, he's that talented, but seeing those receptions and for those amount of yards was great. He blew up this game and I know. He's starting to show what he can do. Yeah, man, I agree with you, dude. Uh, Definitely on uh, Zeke. But the problem with Zeke, and I think, is that Dallas offense only has one player, and that's Zeke. Um, I think that, you know, they were trying to hype up. We don't need a number one receiver. We don't need anything like that before the season. And and I think Dak is really struggling. And they're just loading up the box. So, yeah, it was nice to see Zeke go off. But it was also against the Lions. So, I don't know how much we can take from that. All right, guys, let's go to the other end of the spectrum, some fantasy duds. Um, I decided to choose three guys that I think probably affected some people's uh, outcomes last week. 
So my first one, Tommy kind of already mentioned him, was Jordan Howard. How this guy didn't have more production this week when the Chicago offense went bananas. So he had 11 rushing attempts for 25 yards and only one target. Didn't even catch it. One target. Second guy I have is Michael Thomas. Only had four targets for four receptions for 45 yards. No TDs. And I think this guy was kind of getting hyped up pretty big by everyone, including myself. I was kind of disappointed. Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers only had three targets for one reception for 15 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Dom, who was your fantasy duds this week? Yeah, kind of along the same lines as another receiver, Demarius Thomas for the for the Broncos. Um, he's never been a sexy player, but he's a walking 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, and he's even quarterback-proof. He had Brock Osweiler thrown to him banged up Peyton Manning and he still still got his but now he looks Tim like Tebow too. Yeah, Tim Tebow in that touchdown against uh Pittsburgh the in the Steelers, playoffs. Yep. 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 But now he looks like their third tier receiver. They have Emmanuel Sanders who's always been great fast route, but I, I can't remember the guy's name number 14. Cortland Sutton. Thank you. Cortland yeah. Sutton. He I think he had 10 targets in that game and the other thing that really disappointed me, it was a bad throw by Case Keenum at the end of the game, but he slowed up in that route. He should have came out full speed. Yeah. So I think it threw the timing off, and I have him on my team. I started him, and he gets me, you know, six points. He didn't even yeah. jump. Like, I mean, put I know he put his hand up, and I knew he was running, and I knew Case threw it super hard. But man, like now you'll never know. You can, you know, he, it was a poor play in the game, and that's the most effort you give. You know, give it a shot, jump up, do something. Yeah, yeah. My fantasy duds, you know, kind of mentioned earlier a little bit. But I have two quarterbacks. Well, one is off to a hot start, and one is not doing so well so far. Uh, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, they both finished last week with 10 points each. You know, I certainly felt the results of, of Brees' off day with Michael Thomas, as, as Steve said. But, yeah, both guys, just just not a good day for, for Drew Brees, and he's he's been really hot. But Russell Wilson just looks like it's just not his season. You know, is this his last year in Seattle? or You, you think know, it's the offensive a, coordinator? You know, they got the, the Marty Scharnheimer's son. I mean, I, don't, I think it's – Offensive coordinator, like, they need to move him around a little bit. I don't know, man. I feel like he's just so structured now. Like, yeah, he hasn't rushed. Box. Yeah, he hasn't run that all this year. And, I mean, Doug Baldwin being hurt, that that's definitely a factor. And then the running back situation, you know, oh, hasn't why? been good since. Yeah, you know, so they got a lot of things that are going on. And, and you know, maybe it's just a rebuilding year for them that they didn't expect to have. But call it the coordinator or bad luck. Russell Wilson's supposed to be the man, you know, regardless. So, yeah, he's just big dead so far. Um, and I, and I kind of see it continuing throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, that's good stuff, Tommy. Now what I want to do is each of you pick one guy that you want to pick up from the waiver rider this week and just give a brief description of why you think he's going to be successful. Dominic, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I got a deep tight end pickup here. Um, I don't even know if he might be on your guys' radar and your fantasy experts, in my opinion. His name's Dallas Goder. Do you know what team he plays for? Uh, the Eagles? The C- yep, the Eagles. Team Steve got it right. He's the Eagles. FB Savant, 70-75 guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Eagles' second or third round draft pick out of South Dakota State. Two weeks ago, he had seven targets, seven receptions, and 73 yards. The thing I like about this guy is he's six five, and and uh, the offensive coordinator there and and the Eagles they love he loves running that two tight end set as we saw with Burton last year. The problem is with him he's got Ertz in front of him, but if Ertz ever goes down like he did last year, I think Godard's going to be the guy to go to. And I actually picked him up in one of my deeper leagues, so that's my free nugget worth picking up on the waiver. Free nuggets. All right, Tommy, who you got? Uh, I have Tyler Gabriel, the wide receiver from Chicago. 
It's two TDs in week four. We just touched on this. You know, if Mitch Trubisky keeps up what he's doing, uh, he's going to be spraying the ball around. And, and that's the one that I had on my list, just that having a really big week, big week and, you know, can continue to have big weeks moving forward. Another guy I had on my list too, I know we're supposed to just pick one, but it was Nick Chubb. He rushed for 105 yards and two touchdowns in week four. I actually picked him up in our league and then dropped him for a defense just to have a backup defense against Steve this week. But Hugh Jackson, you know, in his press conference was saying he needs to get Chubb more involved. I know Carlos Hyde's the man there, but um, it's looking like Duke Johnson is is getting less and less involved in the offense and and Nick Chubb's going to be the number two. So if Carlos Hyde goes down or anything happens to him, Nick Chubb's going to be the man. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tariq Cohen from the Chicago Bears. Um, I know you have this guy, Tommy, but I see Howard now kind of losing his starting role a little bit more, more of a timeshare. And I think they're going to start leaning on Cohen. I kind of think of it as the Andy Reid coaching tree with Matt Nagy. You know, kind of comes from Doug Peterson. And Doug Peterson in the Philadelphia is really successful using Darren Sproles a lot. So I think that's how they're going to use um, Tariq Cohen now in Chicago. This last week, he had 13 rushing attempts for 53 yards, seven receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. So I think that's a, a really good waiver wire. And I think Art already picked him up. So... I think he's going to start getting um, involved in their offense a little bit more. It reminds me a lot of uh, Royce Freeman and uh, Lindsey over in Denver, just kind of that thunder and lightning. But And Lindsey looks like he's the, the more relevant fantasy back. And uh, same with Cohen. I, I agree yeah. with you on that one, Steve. Especially on PPR, you know what I mean? Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's cheer you up, man. Now it's time to hang out with our favorite commish, Tommy Moe. The Commissioner's Corner. All right, guys. So for this week's Commissioner's Corner, I wanted to bring a guest on our show, my good friend, Tim Lakers, whom some of you may know from playing golf with me or from some of our epic Christmas parties at the house. Tim is a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan, a veteran fantasy footballer, and avid podcast listener. What's up, Tim? It's good to have you on the show this week. Hola, gang. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, dude? What's, what's up, Tino? What's up, Dominic? Ready so, to Tim, talk football. How's uh, how's your fantasy season going so far? Not too shabby. It could be better, but at the same time, it, that's how fantasy works. Um, currently, I'm in three leagues, um, an eight-man, a 10-man, and a 12-man league. Of all those formats you're in, which one's your favorite? I would have to say my family league and my friends league. My work league is awesome, don't get me wrong, but that's an eight-man league, and it's a little bit outweighed, I should say, because uh, the teams are just sick. But... Um, the 12-man league is a lot more strategy regards to finding people on the waiver wire and whatnot. Um, in the 10-man league, it's a balance. So I appreciate that. So a little shout out to my fantasy flockers in that league. Nice. So, Tim, one, one fantasy question for you. As some of the guys in the league know, I'm in a vampire league with Matthew Barry from ESPN. And so I'm playing him this week in week five. Uh, I have nice. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers as my quarterbacks. Knowing that if I lose, he gets to take a player from my team and he hasn't won yet. And I have no tight ends because Olsen and Delaney are hurt. I'm not very confident that I'm actually going to get a win this week. Out of your, those two quarterbacks, who would you start? Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Risking that absolutely. if I lose him, I still have Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. And if you look at it this way, it's don't play for the loss. You play for the win. So right. you go you go Mahomes against Jacksonville this week. That's scary. I mean, he's been tearing it up. No joke. He's incredible. But at the same time, you have Rodgers may have a bum knee. 
but at the same time, he's going up against, I believe, Detroit. Um, yeah. he puts up good numbers and at the same time, it's, it's a win-win for you. So I would say start the guy who's projected to be better, which I would say Rogers is. And at the same time, if for any reason you lose, then you still have Mahomes as your, your go-to. Nice. So just play for the win and don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Never play for the loss. <laughs> well, there is one strategy that, that in those leagues that some people are just like benching half of their team or their star player just so they don't, don't have to risk losing them. But yeah, no, play for the win all the time. As a Steelers fan, you know, I got to ask you about last week's game. They suffered a tough loss to the division rival, the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night, 26 to 14. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Ravens, the Ravens got off to a fast start. You know, they had two passing touchdowns in the first quarter and it, it just seemed like the Steelers were playing catch up all game. Their only points, the Steelers scored coming from two field goals and one touchdown to Antonio Brown, all in the second quarter. What do you think the Steelers need to change to get back in the win column this week? Just going off the last four weeks, I've watched them. It, they need to take out the number one stud on that team. I'll, I'll kind of give it a breakdown real quick. So in, in week one, they played Cleveland. They tied, of course. But um, Jarvis Landry, their number one option, put up uh, over 100 yards receiving. Um, yeah. Week two was Kansas City, and there's a lot of options there, but I honestly think the true go-to guy is Travis Kelsey, and of course, he puts up 109 and two touchdowns. Week three, fortunately, they won, barely, but the number one option for Tampa Bay, uh, Mike Evans, 137 and, and a touchdown. And then in week four, against Baltimore, obviously, they'd lost. The number one option there, I would say, is Smokey John Brown. And he put up 116 in a touchdown. So anything on offense that they could do to change? I mean, you mentioned the defense and, and shutting down that number yeah, one guy. But. The offense, I think, yeah, I think that their offense is a little bit too old school football. And they need to be a little bit more creative and gimmicky in regards to their play calling. Like you look at the Rams and the Patriots, the successful teams as of late. Well, yeah, they they find the mismatch, and I think that you're right with the Patriots. Like that's their number one thing is finding the mismatch, and you're starting to see it a lot more with the Rams this year, especially last week's game against the Vikings, where they just had Anthony Barr on an island, you know, trying to cover Cooper Cup, and that's just never going to work. You're never going to cover Cooper Cup with a linebacker; it's just not going to happen. So the last thing I got to ask you, especially as a Steelers fan, is on Twitter, Juju keeps calling it Steeler Nation. And, and since the Raider Nation has long <laughs> claimed that moniker for its fan base, what is the okay. actual nickname for the Steelers fan base? It's Steeler Nation. It can't be so Steeler let me, Nation. Let me, give it, let me get a little of the history on you. So Raider Nation was actually coined in the 90s um, when the Raiders returned back to Oakland. And it was, I think, trademarked by a fan, Jim Hudson, to be exact, actually. Steeler Nation... That that name was coined back in the 70s, in the late 70s to be exact, by a narrator, like a film narrator called John Fencida. So to be honest with you, the difference in those two names is that Raider Nation is actually trademarked, whereas Steeler Nation is not. So, so we own it. You will see, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's really no, you're diehard Steeler fan. Interesting about what you're saying about Steeler Nation versus Raider Nation. I mean, I'll say, because we trademarked it, we own it, it's ours. There's only one Raider Nation. There's only one nation. But 
that history about Steeler Nation that I didn't know. I can't be mad, I guess, anymore at Juju. I keep trying to tweet at him, like, hey, there's only one nation. So maybe I'll just give him a break now because I guess there can kind of be two nations, but I know uh, Steve will stick by me when there's only one Raider nation. You know, thanks for coming on the show to talk fantasy football with us. Uh, good luck on the rest of your fantasy season. And, and we always appreciate the feedback and the insights you have. Absolutely. Thanks, Tommy. And thanks, fellas, for having me on. Right on. Thanks, Tim. See ya. That was a great interview, Tommy. I want to thank Tim for coming out and taking his time to speak with us tonight. Uh, let's move on now to some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, guys. Here are the results for a week four. Um, well, I'll run through them real quick for you guys. Uh, Mexicans beat the Expendables 137 to 104. Jeepa Stripes back beat Brady's Brown Boys 155 to 123. Watson Mack on my girly lost to Arm Rodri 157 to 128. Big upset win there. The Godfather lost again to Time to Eat 186 to 137. And Noble Savages continues to win 168 to 114 over Stand Up Colin. Some pretty close ones there, but for the most part, big wins by a couple of teams. Tommy, who's uh, who's your Game of the Week winner this week? So my Game of the Week winner for Week 4 is John's team, Jeebus, Jeebus Strikes Back, for his 155-123 to victory over yours truly. John's team exceeded their total projection by 30 points, while I came up 20 points short of my projection. John wins the Game of the Week this week, uh, not just for getting the win, but for playing Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati and sitting Larry Fitzgerald. Great pickup for him. And although I'm on the losing end of this one, uh, that was a really good move. And he also got lucky with D-Hop playing in a game that would never end against the Colts. And <laughs> he just kept on racking up points. So it was fun to just sit there and watch it keep happening. So congrats, John. You definitely earned it. Close second for runner-up this week. Definitely, though, was uh, Aaron Fosberg for his upset victory over our friend Dominic Rickard. Yeah, this was the the first time that I've ever had a bittersweet fantasy experience where your team is doing good, but your fantasy team is not. Obviously, Fosberg picked up uh, Cook on the waiver and had Amari Cooper as well. And sure enough, they both went over 25 points each. I didn't think that was going to happen, but the Raiders got the victory, so I was happy. But I was like, no, don't throw it to Cook. Oh, there's a touchdown to Cook. And I'm sure we've all been there with our teams where we want our team to do good, but then we want our fantasy team to do better. Yeah, it's funny. We even mentioned that last week, I think. Uh, I, I think I did. And I said, man, you better hope the Raiders do well because he was starting Amari Cooper and Cook. Oh, yeah. And lo and behold, you know, they, they went off. So that was great. I think some of the observations I've been looking at, though, this week, um, I was kind of just looking at the league standings. And for the guys that are at the bottom of the league, I think there's still time for them to catch up. I mean, it's only been four weeks. And a lot of the teams that are on the top end of the standings haven't played each other. So they're going to start playing each other you know, pretty soon here. So you're going to, you know, people at the bottom are going to start being able to climb back up. So keep on, you know, tinkering, keep on going, keep on researching. Cause I think the standings are going to change here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. My observation goes right with that. That's why I jumped in. Uh, I, I know I'm the, the trade whore of the uh, fantasy league, but I think there needs to be more trade probing. I, I haven't heard from art, John, Matt, or Aaron Rapoli once this year, not a text message, not a uh, chat board message, just, hey, what do you think about this guy? I know not every team matches up for trades, but if you can, if you ask Jeff, Steve, Vince, and even Tommy, how many times I text them like, hey, what do you think about this guy? Just probing to see where your mindset's at. Because in, in my opinion, if you're not happy with your team, the best way to fix it is by trade. 
And the second best is waiver. I mean, but those waiver guys get sucked up pretty fast. So uh, I, I think guys need to be more active on the trade wire. And I know it's not always a winning solution. And I think maybe I even made a bad trade this year. I was high on, on Dion Lewis being a PPR running back. And I still, I still have hope for him. But now Edelman's coming back. And now I'm like, crap, I got to go against Matt. And he's going to start Edelman against me. And if he beats me with Edelman, I'm going to be super pissed because I traded him to him. You know, Dom, that's a good point about the trades. But on the flip side of that, I mean, I've seen a lot of activity on our free agent pool, you know, and there's been a lot of pickups, not just by Vince and Steve, which is, you know, the norm, but, uh, you know, a lot of other guys who gain players and picking them up. So, I, you know, I, I agree they're not making trades, but at least they're staying active and that's really all you can hope for at the minimum. But yeah, you know, a, a few more trades this year would be good. We definitely are in a league that has a lot of trades typically, but... You know, unless your name's Dominic, you're probably getting <laughs> all of the trades so far. But, you know, those 0-4 teams, you know, I think it's the first time we've had two 0-4 teams and only one team remain undefeated after four weeks. So I think that shows there's a lot of no-name guys kind of showing up, or at least not no-name guys, but guys that you wouldn't expect to do that well are putting up a ton of points and, and vice versa. Like I mentioned Aaron Rodgers and OBJ earlier. So there's a lot of points being spread around to guys that aren't like your typical guys that are on rosters early on or were definitely were drafted. So now they're they're getting picked up. And Dom, you know, I think every trade that's gone through this season has involved you. Do you equate this to your excellent negotiating skills from years of sales experience or do people just really like you that much? I do think negotiation has, has a part to do with it, but I think more than anyone, I'm willing to give up a little value for guys that I believe in. And I don't know if people do this as well. I draft in the later rounds for, for, for trade equity. So a lot, a lot of my strategy is to get guys that have good trade equity and then, and, and I try to rearrange my team who I see is performing. I do like to make a shout out. You were talking about the waiver wire to uh, Art for picking up that Kiki Cote, the receiver for the Texans. In the back of my mind, I'm always like, is, is Art really, really good at fantasy? And he picks up these nuggets or is Steve texting him? And I think, I think Art I think Art did this on his own. So shout out to Art for that pickup. I think he's going to pay dividends. I might have to trade for him me? since I got Watson. You know, he's been, uh, he's been listening to the podcast a lot. And, and I think he's listening to those free nuggets. And I mean, we give you guys advice all the time. And, and to be honest with you, we, when we give advice, technically it hurts us. So, you know, take it. You know, we're trying to give it to help you guys out. So on that note, what suggestions might you guys have to the teams this week? Can we do free nuggets? Yeah, do some free nuggets. Oh, I love free nuggets. Value okay, time. so one free nugget I have. I'm still surprised that Rapoli is rolling with Austin Safarian Jenkins as his tight end. I'll trade him David Njoku right now if he wants an upgrade uh, for for peanuts. So if you want something better, you know, I'm still looking for a running back, a serviceable running back I can plug in. So, yeah, uh, that's one free nugget I have to him. Free nuggets. Uh, get a damn new tight end. Another free nugget I have is for John uh, to upgrade his running backs, you know, maybe trading one of his six wide receivers who are all startable <laughs> players when healthy to somebody to get at least another better running back because Cook's going to continue to be hurt. JHI is going to continue to be hurt or underperform or lose touches to all, all three of those other guys in the backfield. And, you know, I think if he could get an upgrade out of his running back position, his team will be a lot stronger than it already is. Steve, do you have any free nuggets? Because I actually put my free nuggets in my uh, matchup blazing predictions. So 
Um, you know what? I don't have any free nuggets this week because I want to stay undefeated and uh, screw everyone. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. You know, my free nugget would go to Art. Uh, same kind of thing that you were talking about, about, Tommy, was try to upgrade those running backs, man. I mean, going, going with Chris Thompson, that's okay, especially against New Orleans, but Chris Carson, you know, we had Mike Davis, who's rushed for a bunch this week, or this last week. Chris Carson had a bunch of rushing attempts, so that backfield is such a mess. That whole offense is a mess, so I'd probably stay away from the Seattle. And my last nugget would be probably, I think Gronkowski is out this week, so maybe not start him. All right, guys, that was some good stuff. So let's make it hot in here with some blazing predictions. Blazing predictions. All right, guys, let's do a quick running tap of the correct picks uh, after week four. We actually all tied at three correct picks. So the running total for the year, I am at 11, and Dominic and Tommy are tied at 13. So let's jump right into it. First game, we have Noble Savages versus the Expendables. Tommy, start us off. I have Noble Savages over the Expendables. Uh, I think that's pretty easy pick for me. It's, uh, I'll call it my lock of the week, if you will. Um, I don't know if he'll be listening to this podcast before tomorrow night's game, but regardless, uh, I'll go with Noble Savages and with Dominic's prediction that he could not start a kicker or a defense and will win. Yeah, you kind of already know where I'm at on this one. I do think Julio will eat against Pittsburgh. I think Odell Beckham should have a, a better week. And if not, do they do they think about benching Eli again? Because I think it's it's Eli's pro- problem to have. But again, I got Art in this one. I mean, sorry, Vince in this one, hands down. All right, guys, and I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Art. I think Julio's going to go off. I think Aaron Rodgers going to have a good game against Detroit like he always does. And I'm thinking uh, Vince is going to have a so-so week, but I think Art's just going to outperform him this week. All right. Uh, next one we have is The Godfather versus Stand Up Colin. Yeah, and this one I got Jeff gets his first W. Kittle is a top five fantasy tight end. He goes against Arizona, whose defense is pretty suspect. Keenan Allen returns to his form uh, against Oakland. and But Aaron did make some good ro- moves, and this is where my free nuggets come start. I think he I would put Adrian Peterson in my slot over Devontae, and I'd move him to receiver. And I take Sammy Watkins out there because he might miss this week. So that's my free nugget for you, Aaron. I hope you're listening. Free nuggets. Tommy? I'm going to go Godfather over stand-up calling. Only only because I think Jeff won't be able to take the mental anguish of being 0-5. Oh, and I can you imagine. <laughs> oh, he's going to lose it. I kind of want to imagine it, though. <laughs> I, I kind of do. Yeah, especially uh, being a former champion in the league, just to see him start off this bad, it, it might be hilarious. But, um, you know, I, yeah, so I don't think he can take it. And I think Rapoli just, you know, he might not care. Yeah, I think Godfather gets the win this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Godfather as well. Although I do like Rapoli's team on some of these uh, matchups. But I think David Johnson's going to play pretty well against San Francisco. He's trying to play better. Scott Freeman back now as uh, Corey Davis is in this lineup now. So I think maybe his team is kind of getting better, but you know, at least after this matchup, we'll have a, a only one winless team now. All right, guys, let's go to the next game. Jeeva strikes back versus armed Rodgery. I got Jeeva strikes back over this one. Oh, over armed Rodgery in this one, mostly because of the DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. I, I'm not super confident about that choice. I just don't think I don't think AJ Green's going to have a good week against Miami. I think Miami's secondary is going to shut them down. And Joe Mixon starting this week, but I feel like they're kind of pushing him in to start. 
Uh, Giovanni Bernard was seen working out on the rehab field today with a thigh issue. So, you know, Joe's definitely going to start, but I think it's just too quick. I think they're, you know, kind of coming back a little bit too early and he's just not going to have that good of a week. So I'm going with Jeeva Strikes back on this one. Yeah, I'm calling this the battle of the pink helmet emojis because they both selected pink helmets as their logo. Uh, I think it's going to be a close matchup, uh, possible game of the week. If Mixon plays and uh, Bernard's out, I'm going to go with Fosberg. And so I'm picking Fosberg on this one. And as you mentioned, John has Thielen and Dalvin Cook, and they're going against Philly's D, who's improving. And then Ajayi is going against Minnesota's D. John has him as well. And it's more of a running back by committee. And Minnesota's D is a proud D the last couple of years, and they've had some got beat up on. So uh, I'm picking Falls in this one, maybe because he made me a believer last week when he made some moves to beat me, and his team's getting better and, and getting healthier. Hey, yeah, quick update on John's team. He actually took out Dalvin Cook and is now starting Naheem Hines. So oh, another okay. big pickup for John this week. I, I like it a little bit more. I wish I would have saw that before I made my notes. <laughs> All right. I, I want to take Fosberg this week. And same thing that Dominic said. He made me kind of a believer. I think Jared Cook and Amari Cooper have good games against the Chargers. And I also like Joe Mixon and McCaffrey. Um, so his team's kind of getting a little bit better. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to doubt him this week. Uh, make me a believer, man. All right. Next one we have, it's Watson, Mac on my girly, and time to eat. Who you got, Tommy? On this one, I have time to eat with the win over Watson's Mackinac McGurley. I'm not confident in Dom's team this week outside of Deshaun Watson and Todd Gurley. Um, but I am interested, interested to see what Phillip Rivers does for Matt's team uh, with the Chargers going against the Raiders this Sunday. Um, I, I think the Raiders could shut him down, but at the same time, you know, he still has Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt. And Travis Kelsey. Oh, and Julian Edelman's coming back this week. So I think he's going to have a big day. So I'm going with time to eat. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt too, man. I think the Edelman thing is a bigger deal, especially if Gronk doesn't play. It's going to eat up all those targets in the middle of the field. And I think Matt's team's pretty scary, man. We've got Kelsey, Hyde, the two receivers, Diggs and Cooks. So I think Matt wins this week. I think he wins pretty easily. Uh, yeah, I have Matt as well going against me, seeing that I don't even have a tight end on my team right now. <laughs> Free um, nugget to yourself. I'm, Free nuggets. I'm waiting. I'm waiting <laughs> until the last moment. But uh, and then it's a win-win for me if I beat Matt, then I get a fantasy win, and if I lose, I get a pick. So, uh, but I think he does have some tough matchups: Diggs at Philly, Kelsey at the Jags, and Hyde against Baltimore. So that gives me a little hope. But like Tommy said. I think Rivers is going to eat against the Raiders secondary and uh, Brandon Cook should should boot, look good loose against Seattle. I like Juju and Ridley playing uh, against each other. I think that game's going to be a shootout, but I need to, I need to find a tight end. So we'll see how it goes. But I got Matt in this one picking against myself for the first time. Uh, hey, Dom, I'll trade you in Joku right now for Lamar Miller. <laughs> uh, for who? Not a company tight. Lamar Miller. God, Lamar Miller's so bad last week. It, it might be a possibility, but All right, let's Nijoku, talk later. Najoku hasn't shown me anything. I dropped him in my other league. It's better right, than no tight end. That's true. <laughs> All right, last game of the week is Brady's Brown Boys versus Mexicans. Tommy, who do you have? Well, being in my second host bowl and seeing how the first one didn't go so well and how the last three weeks of my fantasy season have not gone so well, I'm just going to go ahead and take Mexicans. Just because at this point, mine as well. Mine as well. I have no other reason besides, yeah, let's just try to improve and not bet on Tommy this week. 
I'm going to take myself as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I honestly have a bad feeling about this week. I don't know, man. That duo of receivers, or actually trio of receivers, Brown, Thomas, and Landry could just go off this week. They all have pretty decent matchups, excuse me, matchups, especially Antonio Brown um, and obviously Tom Brady on Thursday Night Football. Uh, he could have a big game, so I could be in the hole pretty early. So, But I'm still going to take myself. I think I'll still be able to kind of squeak it out. Dominic? Yeah, like I said in my Nostradamus pick, um, I think Breeze has a great game, but a lot of that goes to Thomas. And Tommy with his other two matchups, A.B., is gonna gonna eat versus Atlanta, and I think Gordon. The Chargers are gonna go get up on the Raiders early, but maybe Eckler gets more work, and you have Eckler on the bench instead of Gordon. Obviously, you can't start him, but I don't. I think maybe Gordon has a, a quiet game as far as fantasy points go, and Tommy pulls out the victory with his three three wide receivers. I'm glad I'm the only one who who believes in you, Tommy. He's a winner. I just don't want to. I just don't want Steve to be undefeated anymore. Uh, real quick question. Uh, pick two: Aaron Jones, Alex Collins, or James White? Uh, I like your picks. I like Jones and I like Collins this week. I think I'm going to the matchups. You know, they're in better matchups. Yeah. And I think Edelman coming back is gonna eat into James White's time a little bit. Um, so I, I'm gonna go uh, those guys. I think Sony Michelle is is the number one back there now, and. White will still get some some receptions, but I think those other two guys get touchdowns this week. All right, guys, that does it for today's show. Thanks for making this part of your day. As always, please leave any comments or questions in our Yahoo Fantasy app, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FBSavant7075. You can find me at TMO52 underscore. And I don't really check my Twitter that much, so just Facebook me or email me or just talk to Tommy. <laughs> All right, guys. Good luck in fantasy this week. Bong bong. I do it all the time, all around the way. I put it down, coming straight from the underground. What you want now? I do it for the masses. I never blew my chances. My style is classic, static. You want the heat? I got it. I do it all the time, all around the way. I put it down, coming straight from the underground. What you want now? I do it for the masses. I never blew my chances. My style is classic, static. You want the heat? I got it. I do it all the time. Better prepare, really. They can step to me. My rap is mad. They say you don't wanna f with me. I'm always fresh with it. On my best weekly, you ain't stressing me. They say to have them moving straight to the top. Coming with the bullet for the number one spot. Pushing my rap like a push out on the block. Holding my down, suck up